Chapter Fifteen of Running Fox. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Running Fox by Elmer Gregor. Chapter Fifteen A Battle with the Chippewas. For a long time, the lads were kept in continual doubt as to whether they were to live or die. Then they unexpectedly found a friend in the young son of one of the Mohawk medicine men. A man of great influence was Standing Wolf. From that time their uncertainty was set at rest. The young Mohawk made them understand that they were not to be killed. Some time later, when he had learned to express himself in the Delaware tongue, he told why Running Fox had been spared. The Mohawk said that Standing Wolf had determined to kill Running Fox, but the medicine man interfered. The latter had had a dream concerning the youthful prisoners, and declared that a great calamity would fall upon the camp if they were put to death. At first Standing Wolf paid little attention to him, and prepared to carry out his revenge. However, at that very moment, when Running Fox was tied to the torture stake, misfortunes began to fall upon the camp. First an old man fell and broke his leg. Then a child of one of the women who was participating in the attack on Running Fox died suddenly while the mother was in the act of beating the prisoner. As a climax, the medicine bundle fell from its tripod in the sacred lodge as the warriors were dancing about the stake. Word of the strange coincidences was instantly carried to the Mohawk chief, and when the alarmed medicine man himself rushed up and told what had happened to the medicine bundle, even Standing Wolf became filled with superstitious awe, and immediately altered his decision regarding the fate of the captive. The Delawares showed great interest in the Mohawk medicine bundle, and asked a number of questions concerning it. They asked in vain, however, for the young Mohawk only shook his head and pretended to misunderstand them. Fearing that further questioning might arouse his suspicions, they immediately changed the topic of conversation. Although Standing Wolf had spared the lives of the Delawares, he used every means in his power to annoy and humiliate them. For a long time he compelled them to go about the village with their hands loosely bound behind them, so that they were powerless to save themselves from the attacks of the women and children whom he made no attempt to restrain. He also kept them on the verge of starvation, and fed them the most unpalatable scraps from the camp. They were warned that if they approached nearer than a bow-shot to the doorway in the stockade, they would be killed by the first person who saw them. As they were constantly watched, and the entrance to the camp was continually closed and barred with massive logs, the lads thought the warning quite unnecessary. Then as the days passed, they were permitted to wander more freely about the village. However, they soon realized that to attempt to escape would be the height of folly. Therefore, they continued to cultivate their friendship with the son of the medicine man in the hope of eventually learning the secret which brought them upon their mission. With that once in their possession, they had implicit faith that Katanaduit himself would offer them an opportunity to escape from their foes. The Delawares had been in the Mohawk camp many days when Winaminge, the time of roasting years, arrived. It was at that season that the Iroquois gathered together to celebrate the Green Corn Festival. Sometimes the various Iroquois tribes celebrated the occasion in their own village, and other times they traveled to the villages of their nearest tribesmen. 
Upon this particular occasion, however, it was apparent that the Mohawks intended to observe the festival by themselves. The Delawares watched preparations with interest, for they were similar to those which they had observed in their own tribe, and they hoped that before the four-day celebration ended they might learn the secret for which they were risking themselves. In celebrating the Green Corn Festival, the ceremonies were begun each day soon after dawn, and ended promptly at midday, or when the sun reached the meridian. It was a festival of thanksgiving to Haiwainuyu, the Great Spirit, for ripening the corn, beans, and squashes. On the day before the celebration began, the entire tribe gathered in the center of the village to confess their wrong deeds and promise to live better lives. Strips of white shells, or wampum, were passed from one to another, and each person held it while acknowledging his misdeeds and pledging himself to a better life in the future. The wampum was believed to record and preserve each pledge. The women, and even the older children, were required to join in the ceremony. The Delawares, however, were barred from participating, or approaching within hearing distance. They looked on in respectful silence from the door of their lodge, well, we have made the vows, the young Mohawk told them at the conclusion of the ceremony. When the next sun comes, we will begin the celebration. The lads would have liked to ask him if the mysterious medicine bundle would appear in the ceremony. They realized, however, that any reference to it might ruin all chance of learning about what they wished to know. Running Fox, I believe that these people are about to do a great thing, said Spotted Deer. I believe Standing Wolf and the Medicine Man will have much to do with it. If we watch sharp, perhaps we will find out something about the mysterious medicine bundle that gives this great chief his power. Yes, that is true, replied Running Fox. But we must be very careful. The Mohawks are as cute as Sanquin, the weasel. If they find out what we are after, it will be the end of us. The Green Corn Festival began at dawn the following day. The Delawares were awakened by a number of criers, or couriers, who hurried through the camp calling the people from their lodges. As the lads reached the door of their lodge, they saw the Mohawks gathering in the center of the village. Come, let us go over there and see what is going to happen, proposed Spotted Deer. Perhaps that will make the Mohawks mad, suggested Running Fox. Well, that may be true, replied Spotted Deer, but I am going to see how near I can get. A moment afterward they were hurrying toward the center of the camp. They had not gone far, however, when they encountered a surly-looking old woman who instantly challenged them. Pointing toward the lodge, which they had just left, she made them understand that they were to return at once. To be ordered about by a toothless old woman was a rather humiliating experience for the high-tempered young Delawares, especially as they saw a number of warriors looking on with great amusement. For a moment, therefore, the lads held their ground. This drove the old woman into a wild rage, and she immediately seized a stick and began to beat them. Realizing that further resistance might lead to more serious consequences, the Delawares began to walk slowly toward their lodge. The old woman was not satisfied, however, and she tried to make them run. A great crowd had gathered to watch her, and the Delawares heard much jeering and laughing at their expense. Carried away by anger, Spotted Deer suddenly wheeled and sprang at his tormentor, yelling so fiercely that the old woman dropped her stick and hobbled away as fast as she could go. The Mohawks were quick to see the humorous side of the incident, and laughed good-naturedly. 
I believe that old woman is a witch, Ray Fox declared angrily when they reached the lodge. She made us look foolish. Sometime I will kill many Mohawks to wipe that out of my heart. She made me very mad, replied Spotted Deer. Well, I frightened her, and now all the people are laughing about it. We must watch out. She will try to harm us. Then their thoughts were diverted by the appearance of Standing Wolf and a number of the principal men of the tribe. They stood in the middle of the camp, and the Mohawks formed around them. There was a few moments of silence, and then the Mohawk chief addressed his people. The eyes of the Delawares glowed threateningly as they watched him, for he was a cruel, relentless foe whom they had learned to hate. I would like to kill that man, declared Spotted Deer. I believe he bears a charmed life, said Running Fox. We must find out how he gets his power before we can kill him. When Standing Wolf had finished speaking, he called the father of the lad who had befriended the Delawares, and the medicine man approached with something wrapped in a small black bearskin. Then he drew off the rope and presented Standing Wolf with what appeared to be a small bundle of bird and animal skins. It is a mysterious medicine bundle, Spotted Deer whispered excitedly. Do not talk. Watch, Rennie Fox cautioned him. They saw Standing Wolf carefully unfasten the wrappings from the medicine bundle and remove a skin of the great white medicine owl. He held it before him and raised his face toward the heavens. It was evident that he was chanting a sacred medicine song. Then he turned toward the four principal points of the compass and repeated the ceremony. The Delawares watched him with fascinated eyes. They believed that at last the secret of his power had been discovered. Gokos, the mysterious white medicine owl, was his lucky talisman. Now I know why Gatinidwit put us in this camp, said Ray Fox. Yes, I have seen the white robe of Gokos, the medicine owl, and I will not go away without it. It is wrapped in the mysterious medicine bundle, Spadir warned him. Much harm may come to us if we open one of those bundles. No, I do not believe it, replied Running Fox. I must do as it appeared in my dreams, Spotted Deer. If we get that mysterious white skin, I believe we will become as great as Standing Wolf. The thought fired their imagination. They lost all further interest in the Green Corn Festival, and cared only to know into which lodge the medicine man carried the sacred bundle. They watched patiently until the first day's ceremonies ended at midday. Then they sought to keep the medicine man and his precious burden in sight. But in spite of their best efforts, he eluded them in the great throng of Mohawks, and their long vigil ended in bitter disappointment. I believe we will find it in the lodge of that medicine man, declared Spotted Deer. No, I believe it is in the lodge of Standing Wolf, said Running Fox. Well, if that is true, perhaps some bad medicine creatures will kill us if we go into the lodge, Spotted Deer suggested solemnly. Well, I cannot help it, replied Running Fox. When I find out where the mysterious medicine bundle hangs, I am going in to get that skin. How will you get away? inquired Spotted Deer. When I have that big medicine thing, I will be able to do anything, Running Fox assured him. The Mohawks devoted the balance of the day to sports and games, and at dark they gathered for the great feast of succotash which was made of corn, beans, and squashes. The food was cooked in large clay urns or bowls, 
and each member of the tribe helped himself. Before the people began to eat, however, one of the medicine men started a weird, melancholy chant, and in a few moments the entire tribe united in a mighty chorus. It was a song of thanks to the Great Spirit for supplying their wants. At the end of the simple ceremony, the Mohawks proceeded to enjoy themselves. The Delawares looked on with envious eyes, for in spite of the hilarity and goodwill which prevailed at the feast, the Mohawks showed no intention of sending any of the food to their captives. Perhaps this would be a good time to look for the medicine bundle, suggested Spotted Deer. The Mohawks are all together in the middle of the camp, and there will be no one to see us. No, we must not go now, Running Fox told him. If we leave this lodge, they will know about it. When we go to look for the medicine bundle, we must know how we are going to get out of the camp. The Green Corn Festival continued through the three following days, and each night the feast was resumed. The last night, however, was largely given up to a number of sacred dances, which the Delawares were not permitted to see. While the dances were in progress, the lads were bound and confined in their lodge. An aged warrior sat in the doorway to prevent them from looking out. The following day, the village was thrown into a turmoil by the return of several Mohawk hunters, who said that a large war party of Chippewas were approaching from the north. The Delawares learned the news from their friend, the son of the medicine man. He said that the Mohawks expected the Chippewas to attack the village in revenge for the death of a number of Chippewa hunters, whom the Mohawks had surprised and killed some time previously. Yes, there will be a big fight, declared the Mohawk. The Chippewas are very fierce, but my people will kill them. My friends, I warn you to be very careful what you do. If you try to get away, or try to help the Chippewas, you will surely be killed. The Delawares instantly realized the significance of his warning, and they determined to profit by it. They knew that it would be foolhardy to attempt to escape while the camp was besieged by enemies, for it was certain that the entrances and weak spots would be more closely guarded than ever. Besides, they little doubt that if they should fall into the hands of the Chippewas, the latter would mistake them for Mohawks and kill them at once. "'This thing is bad for us,' said Running Fox. "'If this fight goes against the Mohawks, they will believe that we have brought bad fortune upon them, and perhaps they will kill us. If the Chippewas break into the village, they will kill us for Mohawks. We must do what we can to show the Mohawks that we have nothing to do with it.' The Delawares wisely remained in their lodge, therefore, while the Mohawks prepared for battle. Scouts were immediately sent out to locate the hostile war party, while a great company of warriors assembled to defend the camp. Standing Wolf and a number of sub-chiefs and medicine men hurried to the council lodge. Now perhaps we will see how this great chief gets his power, said Spotted Deer. We will try to watch him, replied Running Fox. The day was almost ended when the lads saw the scouts enter the camp. A short time afterward, the young Mohawk came into the lodge and told the Delawares that the Mohawks expected the Chippewas to attack the village sometime during the night or early dawn. He also boasted that his people had gained a notable victory over the Shawnees and had sent them fleeing toward their own boundaries in a wild panic. The foolish Chippewas have come a long way to get here, but we will soon chase them away, declared the Mohawk lad. Perhaps it will not be so easy, suggested Spotted Deer. You will see, laughed the young Mohawk. 
The Delawares awaited the encounter with considerable impatience. They had been warned against leaving the lodge under penalty of death, and they realized that they would see little of the fight. However, they were determined to see as much as possible, and as soon as it grew dark they see themselves in the doorway of the lodge. The camp was brightly illuminated to guard against the Chippewas scaling the stockade without being seen. Groups of warriors stood about the barred entrances, and others patrolled the inside of the stockade. Standing Wolf and several noted war leaders stood in the center of the camp to give commands. The women and children, and even the dogs, were sheltered in the lodges. See, those warriors are talking about us, said Running Fox. Two of the warriors with Standing Wolf were looking toward the Delawares. In a few moments they spoke to the war chief, and he too looked toward the Delawares. We have done a bad thing to show ourselves, Running Fox declared uneasily. The next moment they saw Standing Wolf call one of the fighting men and point at the lodge. The warrior at once turned and walked rapidly toward the Delawares. Something is going to happen to us, said Running Fox. Come, we will move back into the lodge, proposed Spotted Deer. No, cried Running Fox. We will not be frightened into our den like rabbits. We've put ourselves here. Well, we will stay here and meet this man. As the warrior approached him, he began to talk fiercely and point toward the interior of the lodge. The Delawares had little doubt about his meaning, and that they made no attempt to comply with his commands. A moment later they realized their folly, for the Mohawk raised his bow and shot an arrow directly between them. It was a hint which they thought it well to accept, and they immediately withdrew into the lodge. The Mohawk entered after them, however, and proceeded to bind their hands and feet. Then, to make matters worse, he tied buckskin bandages over their eyes. Well, we have got ourselves into this trouble, Running Fox declared savagely. It was foolish to show ourselves to Sanding Wolf. Now we will see nothing. If the Chippewas get into the camp, we will be killed like Muskimus the rabbit when we find him in our traps. It is bad, agreed Spotted Deer. They lay a long time listening for the sounds of battle. An unusual hush had fallen upon the camp, and it was evident that the Mohawks also were listening. Then the notes of Gokos the Owl sounded close outside the camp. In a few moments they heard the logs being drawn from the opening in the stockade. One of the scouts has come to the camp to tell about something, said Spotted Deer. Listen, cried Running Fox, the Chippewas have come. The melancholy howl of the timber wolf rang through the forest. It rose on four sides of the camp. Then a wild outburst of yells broke forth close to the stockade. The fight has begun, Spotted Deer cried excitedly. For some time the Mohawks and their foes contented themselves with shouting defiance at one another. It was evident that the former felt quite secure behind their log stockade, and had no inclination to risk themselves in the open. It was not long, however, before the Delawares heard sounds which led them to believe that the Chippewas intended to force the fighting. They had apparently kindled fires on all sides of the stockade in an effort to burn the village. The possibility was somewhat alarming to the helpless young captives in the deserted lodge. Once the stockade caught fire, they knew that it would only be a question of moments before the dry bark lodge would be in flames. However, the noise from the camp indicated that the Mohawks were quick to realize the peril, and the Delawares had little doubt that they would rush out and attempt to extinguish the fires. Listen, 
The Mohawks are on the outside of the camp, Running Fox cried a few moments later. The Delawares heard the fierce Mohawk war cry ringing through the night on every side of the village, and they knew that a great fight was taking place on the other side of the stockade. The village was in wild disorder. The sounds of battle had alarmed the women and children, and roused the dogs, and all of them added their voices to the din. The camp was lighted by the lurid glare of the flames, while dense clouds of smoke rolled into the lodges. The Delawares feared that some of them had already been set on fire. Then somewhere on the opposite side of the village they heard sounds which set their hearts beating wildly. I believe the Chippewas have gotten to the camp, declared Spotted Deer. We will see if the great standing wolf can drive them out. However, in a few moments they heard the triumphant yells of the Mohawks, and they knew that the Chippewas had been forced out or overcome. The fight on the outside of the camp seemed to be raging in undiminished fury. Then there, too, the Mohawk war cry echoed triumphantly through the night, and the Delawares believed that for the moment at least the Chippewas had been driven off. Well, the Mohawks have won a big battle, said Spotted Deer, as the sounds of conflict gradually subsided. It is good, declared Running Fox. Perhaps it will help us. I believe the Chippewas have made a hole into the camp. Perhaps we will be able to crawl out. Soon afterward they heard the Mohawk war party entering the village in triumph. They marched noisily about the camp shouting and singing their war songs. The Delawares wondered whether they had brought in any prisoners. Then the young Mohawk entered the lodge and saw the predicament of his friends. Hi, my friends. My people have done what I told you about, he cried, as he stooped and took the bandages from their eyes. We have killed many Chippewas. All who escaped are running toward their lodges. Standing Wolf ran out and killed three Chippewas at one time. He is a great man. Perhaps this great victory will make his heart good toward you. Perhaps he will let you go. Now I will go and talk with my father about it. Perhaps he will help you. You are a Mohawk, but you are a good friend, Running Fox said warmly. While the Delawares had little hope that the fierce Mohawk chief would relent and give them their liberty, still they realized that an appeal in their behalf from one of the powerful Mohawk medicine men might go a long way toward gaining them sufficient freedom to enable them to escape. See, they do not free our hands and feet, said Spotted Deer. I believe the Chippewas have made an opening into the camp. Well, we must try to do something, declared Running Fox. Pretty soon it will get light. Then perhaps we could look around and see what has happened. End of chapter 15